0: the meeting to order, Mrs. Troublefield, would you please call the roll? Here.
1: Dr.
2: Hattier? Here. Mr. Hudson? Here. Mr. Layfield? Here. Mr. Peden? Here.
3: Dr. Statler? Here. Mrs.
0: Wright? Here. This is the regular meeting for the month of July, and we do have a quorum. Would everyone please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance? Pledge of Allegiance, Pledge of allegiance. to the flag to the, flag of, the
4: of America. And
5: and
0: to the, the Republic, Republic for which it stands, stands one, one nation under God, God and indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Need a motion to approve the agenda for this evening's meeting? So moved. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Need a motion to approve the regular meeting minutes of June 24th, executive session minutes of June 24th, and the minutes of the organizational meeting on July 1st. So So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. No special recognition. Come to the first public comment session. Anyone in the audience who wishes to make a public comment has three minutes. We do this at all of the regular scheduled board meetings. I don't have a list. Maybe we didn't get, this is on our way.
5: Thank you. I want to have the opportunity for a lot of years of work put in by this school district, particularly this board, former superintendent Dr. Susan Bunting, Mark Steele, and a whole lot of other folks in supporting the construction and new building of Howard T and his school. Something that's been long needed. I'm grateful for the parents that came forward too, many of which it's a 24-7 Caring and don't have the opportunity in many cases to be out with and lobbying like some of us as legislators, now farmer legislators. But I go back in time and in the last few months, in the last few years, working with Senator Hawker, now Representative Gray on the bond bill, and a farmer friend of mine who co chairs at David Socola and getting the funding and approval from Governor Carney to build this school. And I'm hoping. I'm hoping maybe that we can see construction in the next, uh, hopefully in the next year. And I don't, I haven't talked to Mark on a timeline, but I came tonight just to express my personal feeling, and for a lot of people who probably can't be here to speak, uh, for the, what the board has done, the meetings that Mark has held, the times we've gone to Dover, Charlie, and others who are so instrumental in making this school happen those are aware of what's happening in Howard Teanis, it was a few years ago, with the help of Senator Bob Venables, co-chair of the bond bill, that we had to come up with like $750,000 in mechanical to keep the school going. The school is owned, as you know, by the Delaware Technical Community College. So we're hoping when the new school, our new school, Howard Teanis gets built, that they'll find usage of that. And I would suggest possibly sitting down with you all, sitting down with Mark Brainerd, the president of Delaware Technical Community College, and the Sussex delegation, and this was not, there was no partisan pull on this whatsoever. Speaking to Liaga earlier, it was all going in one direction, build that school. And we're fortunately this year to have the funding to start the school, and hopefully next year we'll have a final phase of construction, money to finish the school. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Next speaker, uh, Rose Watkins.
4: Uh, First one I want to speak to is regarding the creative mentoring program. As I spoke here about a month ago, I mentioned that there's a creative mentoring program, but it's not in every school in the district. And I think it should be. I think you should consider that. And Here's the benefits. It's a program and, and it's associated with connecting generations. It supports in-school mentoring programs for Newcastle, Kent, and Sussex, Sussex County uh, students. It, it provides the standard and mentoring training. It helps schools design and implement quality in-school mentoring programs for the students. Currently, the stats are we have 14,30 active mentors in all of these schools. 92 schools are involved in this program and 255 mentee mentors have been trained. I'm one of them. I just can't stress enough the importance of that. I mentored a student at uh, Selbyville Middle School and she's saddened because I cannot now go and follow her to Sussex Tech because Sussex Tech is not involved in this program. So I think it's important to consider having this program in all of the schools in the district. It's voluntary and all of the mentors go through a training and it's a voluntary initiative, which I think would be extremely beneficial because I did it as a trainer in corporate, so I can see the value of having that done in an academic setting. That's the first thing I would like to ask. The second is, I want to give an update. Uh, I'm also a uh, uh, CBOC, uh, Citizens Budget Oversight Committee member. I work with Mr. Steele on a quarterly basis. The last meeting we had was last 16th and i just want to give you an update on that we reviewed the financial reports that you have tonight we didn't get a copy of them normally we get a copy in advance and then we get feedback but we just uh, were able to see the reports but we didn't get a copy so we can respond so i'm responding tonight on target uh we're on target for expenses despite 1.9 million dollars of funds that we have to give back based on the state we're on target for revenue projections we received good responses to state grants. Uh, the Indian River School District has built up adequate reserves, so job well done, kudos to Jan Steele and Mrs. Uh, Mark Steele for, for getting those reserves replenished. Uh, the financial actu- actuals, despite the much uh, much improved management of the Indian uh, School District finances over the last few years, has resulted in the buildup and replenishment of reserve funds, so kudos again to Jan, who is retired, and Mark, uh, for getting that accomplishment. These are the things I think, if you are going out for another referendum, which I see on the agenda, a certificate of necessity is a possibility, these are the types of things we need to be putting in the communication messaging going out to the community. Some of the concerns we have on this committee is that the continued give back, again, the 1.9 million that we have to give back, uh, that's being replaced by specific grants for high-needs children, This approach does not offset the general expenses, nor does it provide the school district with the freedom and latitude to address general operational needs. Another concern is the minor cap infrastructure needs. Uh, Infrastructure in the school district is aging, needs to be addressed. We have increased operational costs due to the need to bring in these portable trailers, furniture, uh, blackboards, sidewalk securities, uh, kudos and thanks to Cape and Lopin for donating the trailers that we'll be getting in the fall. Overcrowding in the schools, we all know that's an issue. The use of the common areas that cannot be expanded to handle the overcapacity of students, uh, basically in the hallways and cafeteria. Also, the public reaction to the decrease in the tax rate for 2020. This is due to the reducing debt and tuition. Again, this is another golden nugget we can put in a communication to say, we, if we get the referendum passed, here's the results that you get, reduction in your tax. So that, that re- decrease gets re- uh, replenished and refunded back to you. Again, that's another communication message I think we should, should focus on. Uh, need to address this information out and get it out into the public domains, and then what communication is needed to convey an effective message. As I've spoken before you before, I have experience with communication strategy, and I'm offering up my help again. Uh, to do this, so thank you.
0: Right. Thank you, Mr. Maloney. Okay. Next item of business, uh, new business, school choice applications.
6: Good evening. Uh, tonight on board, doctor find for school choice uh, 2019 2020 a total of 53 school choice applications. And I will go through those applications school by school beginning with East Millsboro Elementary School. You see a total of four applications, and the recommendations by the building principal and Dr. Owens are to reject those applications due to capacity. Georgetown Elementary, you see a total of four school choice applications, recommendations by the building principal and Dr. Owens reject due to capacity. Johnny Clayton Elementary. Total of nine school choice applications, recommendation by building principal and Dr. Owens to accept those school choice applications. Page two. Lord Baltimore Elementary School, you see a total of ten applications, recommendations to accept by building principal and Dr. Owens. North Georgetown Elementary School, total of two school choice applications. As you see there, uh, the first application um, is to accept by the building principal and reject due to capacity by Dr. Owens. And the same uh, with the second application uh, to accept by the building principal, reject uh, by Dr. Owens due to building capacity. Um, any questions regarding that? philip Shaw Elementary School. A total of two school choice applications. Uh, recommendations are to accept by building principal and Dr. Owens. Georgetown Middle, total three school choice applications. Uh, the first application is um, recommended to accept by building principal and Dr. Owens, and the second is to reject due to capacity by building principal and Dr. Owens. Millsborough Middle, total two school choice applications. Uh, the first uh, is to accept. Building, by building principal and Dr. Owens. Uh, the second application is to accept by the building principal and reject by Dr. Owens due to capacity of that building. Seville Middle School, there's one school choice application. Uh, building principal Dr. Owens reject due to capacity. Indian River High School, one school choice application. Uh, recommendations are to accept. By building principal and Dr. Owens. Central High School, a total of three school choice applications. Recommendation by building principal and Dr. Owens to accept. And lastly, Southern Delaware School of the Arts, you see a total of 12 school choice applications and recommendations by the building principal and also Dr. Owens to accept those applications. Any questions?
7: I do have, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I have several, and some are general. Some are specific to what we have on here. One is, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Lewis. How many schools do we have that are not over capacity?
6: Not over capacity would be uh, Johnny Clayton Elementary. If you look on that uh, on your board docs, uh, Mrs. Wright, uh, their building capacity currently is as of the twenty third. Um, when I ran these numbers is that 77 percent and Phil oh. Shaw Elementary as of uh, July 23rd at 59.6 percent now to the far right you'll see the percentages of those particular buildings um, there as you can see there are a couple buildings that's over hundred percent capacity
7: okay um, so the other my other question is when we discussed it back a year, maybe longer than that, we set a percentage of capacity. I believe the the policy was that it was going to be, and help me if I'm wrong, 85 percent, but yes. for whatever reason, we've gone to 95 percent.
6: And I think the policy says May rejected 85 percent.
7: I agree. Know. I understand that. So going down this list that we have now, we have every school except for two, or over capacity. So my question would be, why are we even addressing an application, for example, East Millsboro? It, it appears, going down this list, that we are picking and choosing as to whether we accept because of capacity or we reject because of capacity. And I have a problem with that. And I know we sat here, or in one of the school, one of the meetings, a couple months ago, after we had voted to have 10 Sussex Central students go, be able to go to Indian River, a conversation preceded that. And then we, we hashed it around that maybe we needed a, this may not be the best, the best policy here. So if, I, if we go down, we got John M. Clayton, and I know it with Spanish immersion, and we got John M. Clayton, that's not over capacity. Right. but when I go down and I look at uh, Lord Baltimore and I know that some are going to say but they are still within our district but overcapacity is overcapacity, no matter what school it's in so at some point in time we are going to need to buckle down and make the decision to say we're not doing school choice anymore so to, to so to further that I go down and we go at North Georgetown, we had a principal, and I'd like to know, and I, I'm not singling this North Georgetown, but I would ask any principal, if we're already at the point that we're overcrowded now, and that's everything that we hear, we need a referendum because we're overcrowded, help me understand why you would still accept people. That's my one thing. So. I mean, it's twofold. So we, so then we get one. Again, we pick and choose. Georgetown Middle, you've got them. Um, you accept one, but because it's Seaford and it's out of district, then you're going to reject that one. Seaford's rejected because of capacity. But the one above that is not rejected, and it's the same school. So if you're over capacity on one, you're over capacity on the other.
6: And that uh, student that was accepted as a returning student. I- that was in the feeder Still, path. okay, yes,
7: still, okay. still we're going with over, we're still going over capacity. So as we continue down, we go over and over. We see, we rejected it from Cape. We reject, now we, at an Indian River we have a I believe it would be looking here 11th grade student coming in from Cape to be accepted at Indian River School District I mean at Indian River High School
6: that is correct that's a returning student That's a student who was currently at Indian River High School and the family moved to the Cape Town Open School District so that would include okay. that as a returning student priority number one
7: I understand but at, by the same so we'll go down to and I'll go back to that okay so at Sussex Central over and over and over and, and you, can, you can give me that same statement again to tell me that this is a returning student because they've moved out of the district and they're gonna stay here, but we're overcrowded. So when are we gonna step up and say, you moved from the district, you're no longer in the Indian River School District and you need to go back to your school? Not being a bad person, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a bad person. However, I as a board member, and I may be the only one out of the 10, feel obligated to make sure that the students within Indian River School District that reside in Indian River School District get the best education and all the best faculties that they can have here as opposed to thinking that we've got people that are still wanting to get in from the district and somehow we're trying to maneuver it so that they can still be in here realizing that I know we had talked about this and there's a two year if you if you're accepted it's a two year thing so My personal thing is, again, I'll stand by myself. I don't mind it. I think we need to put a moratorium on school choice. I also think that we need to take the step forward now and look at the students that we have here that are not in our district and start the process of notifying those parents to say, we are no longer longer able to take them because we're over capacity and we make arrangements for them to go back to their school.
8: I'm, I'm, I'm we don't always agree on this, but I will agree to this. This doesn't seem to be this doesn't seem to be consistent. I'm sorry, I said I, you and I don't always agree on school choice, but this doesn't seem to be consistent with what we've done. Like we it's almost like, well, then why didn't we accept those kids from any river coming to Sussex Central? Correct. If Absolutely. we're going to accept these three, then why didn't we accept them? It, it seems to be a little inconsistent here I'm, I'm struggling here tonight so the only the only two schools we have are John M Clayton and I'm sorry Phillips John M Clayton and Philip Show.
6: yes and um, so actually uh, mr. Hudson long neck elementary has fallen uh, they are losing students they are at uh, but they don't 82%. have any they don't, they don't have anybody on here no Okay. No. I think Mrs. Khan is going to wait um, sure, probably to August to determine if she needs to bring any um, students so in, if, depending if, on her numbers.
8: If we decided not to take those students at Sussex Central last time, because I'm, I'm agreeing with <laughs> the Olga, though, I, I, I felt like we, we really should take care of our own kids in our district, but I, I can understand the other side of that. If we didn't accept those kids at Sussex Central, why are we accepting anybody at any of these schools? I, I don't get it. I, personally, I would like to see us do it, but I would have liked to have seen us take the Sussex Central kids or the Indian River kids too, but we didn't. So now we're going to turn around, and even the North Georgetown. I'm not sure why we would reject them. I mean, they're overcrowded, but so are a lot of these other schools. But this doesn't seem to this doesn't seem to add up tonight. I don't, I'm not sure. <clears throat> I'm following the logic here. I, I
2: too have a serious concern with consistency. Some schools, the kids are rated priority one, we're rejecting them because of capacity. Yet in other schools, they're priority one, over capacity, and we accept them. That's discrimination.
1: Yeah. There's other there's other priorities too where the same inconsistencies happening They're being re- the same ca- same priority numbers being rejected at one school. Accept it as another school.
2: You that, accept that, them all, or you reject them all. Yeah, it Consistent. needs it needs
6: to be a standard throughout the school district. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, Mr. Fritz, we have talked about that several times, as you yeah, all know. I know. And um, to me, uh, being the person who kind of oversees the school choice, I think again, and I mentioned this before, that we need to have a number, whatever it may be, whatever the board decides on, if it's going to be 85 percent or 95%, whatever you decide on, once your building gets to that number, we're done. But and that would be,
7: and I think that's what we had discussed. So I guess I go back again, and I know there, nothing seems to always flow the way that we have a board meeting, and we say we're going to use 85%, but then you have a word in there that says may. Well, that means we do have to do a policy change, or somewhere along the line that may is going to be used and that 85% is then either going to go to 86, 87, 90, 95, at this point in time, 100 plus in some cases. So when we set a policy, and this is me, when we set a policy, we need to abide by that policy so that management wise. And I'm not here to do your job for you, Pep, and I think your office does well. But I think when we set it and say that at 85% we're done, you know, it could be me, Joe Blow off the, off the street and I come in, my kid doesn't get accepted. I'm not even in the district and my kid doesn't get accepted. And I talk to you and you say, I'm sorry, Mrs. Wright, but your, your son is not able to be, gonna be able to be here because it's over capacity. When the next statement comes out of my mouth, that says, okay, well the, who do I need to talk to over you? you can give them any name it could be whether it's marks whether it's jays or whether it's whoever the board made a decision that it was 85 percent and we need to stand by it we wouldn't be in this predicament that we're in now if we abide by what we say and we do what we say
1: including board members
9: mr lewis can i ask a question about lord baltimore when does kindergarten registration end
6: Uh, kindergarten registration and as far as school choice, they can apply up to the first day of school, but as far as kindergarten registration it's throughout the entire year. I mean, They're still registering kids right now.
10: So
9: do we often get many, well, a group of students that are still registering during the month of August leading up to okay. Yes ma'am. So why would we accept threes and fives in a building that's almost 90% capacity when we still have kindergarten registration and probably a a large, somewhat larger sure. group of students coming into a building. Why would we accept them at this point?
6: Okay, uh, if I can, Dr. Statler, if I call Principal Webb up to the podium, because um, I think she can explain that she has uh, lost some students uh, to other schools as a result of school choice that so she's trying to backfill, but I'm gonna ask her, uh, Principal Webb?
9: So I would have a concern with backfilling in July. I would, I would have a concern doing that because we
3: don't know how many students may end up registering. Right. Typically we do have a few that will come in throughout the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, my concern is our next board meeting is August the 26th and our class lists go up
9: August the 23rd. So I will say that school choice is not a guarantee so i i continue to struggle because here's a building that's 90 percent capacity our policy says 85 and we're going to sit here tonight and we are going to make that choice it's we're being asked to make that choice to not abide by our own
3: policy um correct and if you look at my numbers i have 10 on my school choice application to be accepted Two of those are returning students, but the eight are kindergarten students. Mm -hmm. And my kindergarten numbers last year were at 117, and right now I'm at 79. Mm -hmm. So with those eight additional school choice applicants coming in, I would be able to have five classrooms instead of six. I I
7: guess
9: to answer Mrs. Wright's question, I mean these are the kinds of conversations that we get into as to why we
3: never stick to the eighty-five percent. Right. So I have, in kindergarten, I just think kindergarten is just a separate entity, and I do have classroom, I do have space for kindergarten. Now, if there were other applications, new grade levels, new choices, I would be rejecting due to building capacity. Right, so then they move but up the to first is grade, second grade,
9: third grade, etc., and we may not have space when they get to that level. I think that's part of why we get into these situations, because we don't look ahead. We look right now. We have that space right now, but what happens when they're in third grade and we have a bigger influx
3: in that building? You've
8: got, I, um, Mrs. Webb, I, you got two on here for first and fourth grade.
3: They're returning students. They're
8: re- from what, explain that a little bit. Um,
3: my first grader, um, she is going to be in first grade this year. She came to us last year. They moved at the very end of her kindergarten year, and then she filled out the application so that she can return to LB. The other student's a fourth grade student and he has been with us since kindergarten so the parents were like All right, him to finish up. Let out me her. get
8: back here, Matt. So this child came in kindergarten late in the year.
3: No, she was with us since day one in kindergarten, but the parents moved out of our attendance area at the very end of the year. Right. And she filled out the school choice application so that she could return for first. All running. right.
8: So I could be wrong about this. I thought that we were like if somebody wanted to finish out the year that was fine once that was done. That is what we They needed
11: to. to move on. But if, if there's still a priority one, we've always brought the priority ones back. Now, I will say, just to answer one question you had about the priority ones, if they are multiple grades, it could be the fact that the student's two years is up. And if you see a reject sometimes with the principal reject, the student may not have lived up to their obligation of what they needed to do to remain at that school. But that is a possibility on some of the ones that you see uh, that are that are priority ones and are reject
8: yeah I, I, I gotta be honest I mean I'm I'm everybody knows I want to I want to work with the people that live in the district I mean I've made that point clear I, I know that some people don't agree with me but it seems like we made we made a decision the last time when we didn't accept those kids at Sussex Central we we made a decision I, what happened to that decision would be my question it seems like we've made that decision. Now we're moving on. We're going to take a lot more. The only way that it would break with me, we go back and take the Sussex Central kids so or any dis- river coming to Sussex to Central. The Central. only
9: discussion I think that we really had about that was that we felt like Sussex Central was in a emergency, or urgent. Right. You know, if we have 10 students that would like to move out of that building to Indian River, that seems like a prudent thing to do since that building is so over capacity oh, yeah, yeah. because we continued right. for a very long time to take students in there even though it was over 100%.
8: Right. I, I just, I, I feel bad for those kids who live in our district who want to take a program. They come, want to come from Indian River to Sussex Central to do a program they couldn't. Now I'm not advocating to go back. I'm not saying that. I'm sure. just saying we decided they're overcrowded. The answer is no. We're not going right. to do it. I, as much as it, I didn't like it. I voted for it. It's fine. I'm having a lot of trouble with tonight. Looking at this, this seems like we're all over the place with this. Especially if you're a parent from the the other group, and here we are accepting the right. yeah. new group. I mean, I, wow. We're we're accepting some, denying some. We're here. We're there. We either do one way or the other. It looks like to me, It may not be the way I, I would want to do it if I was done it myself. But we've got to be consistent.
7: And it's and it's, again. It seems like every month, or every other month, or every so many months, school choice surfaces again from a different angle. But it's still we still have that one same issue in 8 percent of our schools. It's capacity. So I, I, I find it hard to understand why a principal, knowing that you're over capacity, are going to continue taking in students and then you're going to come to the board and say, I need this and this. We at, And I'll use Sussex Central as an example. And I don't know this to be true, but I've been told this more than once in the last since the referendum did not pass that they're now scurrying trying to figure out how the kids that we have already there are going to be able to have lunch and be able to sit down and eat it as opposed to standing in line for 20 minutes and having 10 minutes to eat so we just continue on and on we're, as old saying goes we're kicking that can farther on down the road and it's getting worse so again I'm gonna put it out here to you tonight. I will not vote for any for any of school choice here, but I will propose a motion to say at this point in time that we put a moratorium on it, and we go back and we look at our figures, and we start the process for putting kids back in their schools and the districts that they belong in, however long it takes that time. So
9: I just have one other question, please. Um, North Georgetown, so the, the student that is the priority number four. Can, can you just explain the principal's recommendation to accept that?
6: <clears throat> that is a um, out of district sibling, and also a an employee's child who uh, okay. the employee works at North Georgetown Elementary School.
8: This is this is another dilemma. I, I, just because I they've talked to me about there is a person on the on this list here tonight who has I think five kids she's a teacher she has one in middle school three at the school she's trying to get to but she doesn't live in that district in that feeder pattern so she's gonna have to send her kindergarten kids to another school so she's gonna have kindergarten in one school three kids in another school and a middle school kid that's this is just it's crazy Put the, you know that that's a rough situation for that person to have to deal with, but i'm i'm one, I'm, I'm agreeing with you that we need to be consistent probably'd like I, I'm agreeing with you that we need to be consistent I, like, I you know I might be on the other end of it, but this seems to be way out. This just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense what we're doing here tonight i my motion would probably be except John M. Clayton and Philip Shaw because they're the two that are not. Is that correct, Mr. That is Lewis? Correct. That they are Clayton not. And Philip Those are the two. I would suggest we, we accept them and move our on. our
9: policy because that they have not reached that threshold of 85%. That's percent what correct. Mr. Lewis
8: is saying to us. I, True. That would be what version? I would think. but
0: you Restate that, please.
8: I'm not making it yet, but I'm just oh, okay. throwing this out that my first thought would be that we accept the school choice applications for Philip Schell and John M. Clayton. The rest
11: would be no-go. One thing I'd like to say, and and I'm going to say this in defense of the principals, and elementary principals per se, you have to know by, I believe Celeste is here, she'll tell me April 15th, May 15th, and notify your staff of the following year. You're going in blind with kindergarten. You don't know know how many kindergartners you've got. You assume you're going to have roughly the same I tried to put together a scatter plot to look at that, see if there's some way we could see, are we increasing in Coding Garden or are we not? And I'm, I'm gonna be honest, even at East, at, at LB, at Shaw, you, you can't get any consistency. One year you may have 125, the next year you may have 80. Um, talking to, to Clara Kahn at Long Neck, you know, last year we were looking at the low kindergarten that we had in Long Neck, and we've noticed again this year it's down a little bit more than what it was last year. She's been as high as one hundred and eighteen in kindergarten at Long Neck over the last four years. So that's where the elementary principals kind of get get stuck. You have the staff, and you're going to try to fill to make sure you have the staff you have, so you're not overhired. Because if we're overhired on September thirtieth, the district's going to have to pay for the teacher. So that's the that's what you see at kindergartners because you you don't know what you have coming in until September 30th when you do the final unit count. And that's sir, when you know. That's
9: point, We don't know what's coming in until later.
11: True. But if you wait too long, you're going to have trouble filling. You, 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 you've got staff hired. What are you going to do with them if, if it doesn't?
8: Mr. Still, you know, we I, could push
11: it back to August. We could, but that's we felt. I know when Pep talked to me and when Jay came to me and talked to me, he kind of felt August, August 28th. 29th date was too late for parents at that particular point. But I will say this to the board. All you have to do is tell us, shut it down and we will follow that. But once we shut it down, it's down. And, you know, anything that we get in response of, if if anybody wants to get in and we get calls, the answer would be no, we would shut it down completely.
7: Again, I'll go back and say, until we get a grasp on this, well, the first of all, my thing would be we need to go back, and we need to abide by the eighty-five percent. When you abide by the eighty-five percent, without that may in there, you're going to alleviate this this discussion that we have to have anyway, because then you're going to follow policy. So, if, so if you're saying to us tonight, if the board makes a decision and says shut it down. It gets shut down. By the same token, I say if the board says 85% and that's what we said before and that was policy, we should have abided by the 85%. But there's always that little loophole in there with a May and everybody wants to come back with an answer for why we want to use May. Take May 8 and then go, we'll go with whatever our percentages are. That then at that point in time it puts no one under pressure to have to answer. It is a board decision. It's eighty five percent. That's it, you know. And and we we talk about kids being in different schools or having to go. Some could be in the Indian River School District, and some could be here, and their their parent could be a teacher. And we we try that. I'm a. Retired now, but I was a federal employee for thirty-some odd years. They didn't afford me the opportunity to say if I if I detail you to DC for six months that we're going to make sure we have. Uh, arrangements for your child to go to school there that that wasn't a part of the deal. So while I appreciate the teachers and wanting to stay here and that I, I I'm I'm hard pressed for a teacher that doesn't live into the district to have a priority or have the same. As. A kid that lives literally lives in this district and Mark, you've alluded to it numerous times. We've got developments going up all over long neck. We just got noticed the other day through the fire service. We just got noticed that there's a 385 thing going up right on long neck road. Well, they're not all going to be retirees, so we're going to have some kids there somewhere. So I just think we need to take a step back, breathe, used the 85 percent as that guideline now i know that we're over it now so we'll be saying no except for john m clayton and philip chow until they reach that point and when they reach that point we're done Mr. and i mean i don't want to belabor it but it's just good common sense and management
11: there's there's not going to be a, a, a huge impact to the district because most of these kids are district kids moving one or the other if you do that it just means that your percentages will alter slightly from some schools.
7: But the thing that gets me with the school, I, and I understand that transfer from one school in the district to another, you're still overcrowded. So you're, as the old saying goes, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. You're overcrowded at Millsboro Middle. They're going to send them to Georgetown Middle. Six and one half dozen the other. You're still overcrowded. Nip it in the bud from the beginning. We don't transfer them. We, we let it say at that. But that's, that's, That's my rant for tonight, but I've heard enough people complaining. Can I I make a motion? Sure.
8: I'd like to make that motion that we accept (laughs) the school choice applications for John M. Clayton and for Philip Schau.
0: Okay. Is there a second to the motion? Second. Okay, motion made and second. Further discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? Unanimous.
7: But it's only those two schools that we're doing yep. now. I make the motion, and I don't know how you. I don't think you have to make a motion on policy. Policy is already there, but maybe we need to reiterate it one more time. Eighty-five percent is the policy. Eighty-five percent is what we need to abide by, so that we don't go through this next so month. Are you I have making
9: some, a motion that we are shutting school choice down for any building that is already uh, above eighty-five percent.
7: I can do that if that, but policy already says it. So if we follow policy, we don't have to make, a, we don't have to make a motion,
2: but policy says may.
7: Okay, then I will make a motion that effective tonight. We accept no school choice applications in any school that is over 85%. That's according to policy.
0: Is there a second to the second.
1: motion? Second. Mm-hmm.
0: Any further discussion?
1: Well, wait a minute. How are we going to make sure it's upheld? We we we've, we've passed all these things before. We've talked about. Them well, before. they said may
7: because I remember Pep mentioned it to me, and he said that there's that may that they can use.
1: Yeah, and the problem is, and the problem is, we have some principals who don't want to say no to parents, and we have some board members that don't want to say no to parents. They we'll get a phone call, sell. and then they don't want to. So, so then, we when not. we don't no have a referendum, we'll know why. We yeah. would
11: not bring anybody to the board if the board put a cutoff limit. There would be nobody okay. brought. Okay. To the board.
6: So what would happen to answer that question? Once an application would come in, for example, if that building is over your 85 uh, percent, we would reply to them rejected due to capacity. Um, uh, President Barley. Also, I think we need a vote on the remaining buildings to reject. Is if that's what? Because you're asking to accept. Johnny Clayton felt shall the remaining buildings um, I'm feeling that you need a motion to uh, to make a decision on what you want to do with the rest of the buildings and their school choice students because there are some in there as you see um, uh, or to accept those particular students in those buildings so I feel to clean this up you need to make another motion Mr. to Lewis. reject if that's what you choose to do is there
8: is there any buildings that are close that do any of these people need to be put on a waiting list? We can certainly
6: put them on a waiting list. I mean, that's where mm-hmm. I mean, anyway. is it okay, going to go make a difference? Are there are the first there first any first like eight, I hear
8: some people saying I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to make my numbers. Is there any way to are they close to this eighty-five percent? I didn't you know I don't have what you said was on here. I don't see those percentages on
6: okay. the, uh, uh, East Millsboro, as, as again, this is as <laughs> of. Uh, uh, the 23rd July, uh, 23rd is at 97.7, Georgetown Elementary 110.7, Johnny Clayton 77, Long Neck 82, uh, LB 89.7, North Georgetown uh, 97.9, Phillips Shall 59.6, Georgetown Middle 102, Millsboro Middle 91.8, Selbyville Middle 107, Indian River 94.7, uh, Sussex Central 117.6, SDSA, eighty-one point eight. So, so Lord Baltimore is
8: what 80, nine point no, seven. So, should we put those kids on a waiting list for them? Sure. I mean, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, The Olga, what do you think about? I mean, those so are the closest we, ones.
7: I, my only concern about a waiting list is how are you going to? That's something else that you have to keep record of, saying when they came in, right? Because you're going to take them by the priority. That if we, in all fact,
6: done through, that's done through data services.
9: Right. So the answer is, it would still at this point be no, because right. everyone's going on a waiting right. list, correct? Everybody's going okay, on a waiting list. Okay, so that's list. no real change in the process. No. Okay.
7: Okay. So we would go back and add back to, to your motion. Well, I, we didn't do it yet. I we know, didn't even vote like on it. So. Are you
0: going to make that motion?
7: I am, but Pep thinks that we should take care of the oh, other we'll, schools. We'll do that. We'll come back okay, again. yes, I am making that motion. That effective tonight. That yes, so everyone understands
8: the motion. Say it again. I'd like to hear it one more time. State the end.
7: I make the motion that any school that is at the 85 percent capacity no longer be able to accept students for school choice.
8: And and everybody that's not approved tonight automatically goes on a waiting list. Right. Is that correct, Pepp? Right. Is that. So yeah. that's not like. Mr. Stallard said that's not really a big deal. They're all going right. on wait list Correct. anyway. Right. Correct. Okay. So that's your
0: understanding? That. That's your understanding for the second. Yes. So we have a motion. It's made and seconded. All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed. Okay. That's unanimous. Now, would you please make that motion about denying the rest? About what? He wants a, a motion denying the other students that's on that list for the night.
6: And as you said, Mr. Hudson, to uh, put those particular students on a wait list. Uh, all right. I i'll make a motion that we put. Uh, all the other school choice
8: applications from the other schools, other than John M. Clayton and uh, Philip Shaw, on a waiting list.
0: But we're denying those students that's on that list for tonight.
8: They're denied denied, and put on a waiting list. Okay. I hope that's the right wording. Okay. Yes,
0: sir. Is there a second? To his second. motion. Second. Okay. Motion is made and second. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. So that's Abstain. unanimous. Okay, would you please call the vote? Mr. Barlow. Yes. Mr. Catholic?
7: Yes.
3: Mr. Fritz.
1: Yes.
2: Dr. Hattier? Abstain. Mr. Hudson? Yes.
10: Mr. Fieden? Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs.
0: Wright? Yes. Seven yes, you are no and one no abstention. Okay, the motion passes by a majority vote. Thank you. you. 2018-19 field trip report.
11: Yeah, yearly, we have to uh, print this report. Uh, This report would show you the uh, field trips um, that that were taken this year in the schools and the number of field trips that they had. Also, it has the number of overnight field trips as well.
0: Any questions? Okay, the next item is uh, 2019-20, substitute teacher rates. Are you doing that?
10: The legislature voted to increase substitute teacher rates for the state amount. The board this past year gave increased amounts for long-term substitutes. What we're asking the board to consider is do they want to keep those same amounts or increase them as the states increase them. What we did before was we took the state rates and we did 1.5, and that's how we came up with for a Class A, 156, for a Class B, 125, and for a Class C, 99. If we do the same thing with the increased rates for the state of Delaware, it would be 165 for a Class A, 132 for a Class B, and 105 for a Class C. So the What we're asking the board to do is to decide whether they want to keep them the same for long term sub rates as we had this year or increase them as the states increase them.
7: We are actually always in dire need of substitutes, am I correct?
10: We are and with, with the 12 week paid leave, I'm not sure how that's going to look in the next couple years, getting the subs that we need. Celeste, when was the last time before this that the state raised the substitute daily rates? 20 some years, 15, 20 years.
5: So roughly a 5 to 6% raise every 20 years is what they can expect from the state.
10: I would say that's probably accurate. Nice.
0: Any other questions? So this is your recommendation, correct? Yes, sir. Need a motion? So moved. Second. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. All aye. Opposed? Aye. No. Okay. Mr. Barley? Yes. Mr. Catwell?
7: Yes. Mr. Fritz? Yes. Dr. Hattier?
3: Yes. Mr. Hudson? Yes. Mr. Peden? No. Dr.
10: Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes.
0: <clears throat> motion passes by a majority vote. Thank you. Thank you. Old business: East Millsboro Elementary annexation.
11: Yeah, in our last meeting, we had uh, we had talked about East Millsboro uh, Elementary, and the request was made to look into and to talk to uh, Sheldon Hudson, Town Manager of Millsboro, if there's any benefit of us putting together uh, both the Ingram's Pond and the East Millsboro, and there there is not. So they're both distinctly different. However, he did say that the the recommendation of the board would be they would waive the $500 uh, fee in both cases uh, once we were ready to apply at the England's Pond area. Uh, But other than that, there's there's really no benefit to doing one now, one later, or doing both now.
0: Did we find Uh, out uh, how much money that is going to cost us to do this?
11: It would be, he said, he would recommend you would look between three and about 10,000 he said he did not think it would be anywhere close to 10 he thought it would be somewhere mid-range around five to seven uh, but he said if you report out to the board give them the max ranges the parameters and then that way it would be your decision they would that those fees would be for whatever types of fees we had to pay you know fees <laughs> to have the annexation done and, and the studies that would be done to move it in what what's the what's the big advantage yeah. What's the benefit, Mr. Fritz? For us, really, Millsburg currently is charging us uh, town rates for water and sewer, mm-hmm. so there's no benefit there. Uh, the big benefit, the way uh, Mr. Hudson explained it to me, uh, would involve the police force uh, on an emergency, and I did I did detail this a little bit to check into this. On an extreme emergency, they could respond to East Millsburg. However, if it were a situation where if we had somebody our, our SRO tied up at Sussex Central or our SRO, excuse me, at, um, even at, at the Carver and Jeff Hudson tied up uh, they, they could not go and handle a complaint at East Millsboro unless SUSCOM actually called and asked them to report to that area. If they were annexed, they would be able to report to East Millsboro and take care of whatever business, police business we had in hand. Uh, one of the things that they have also talked to us about is they, they okay. really would like to Possibly look to provide a, street, a school resource officer for the district in that Millsburg area. So, you know, those would possibly be you know the benefits we would have. It would come with the police part of it more so than anything else.
7: And um, I am correct that SROs from the town are a lot less ex- or less expensive than what they are with DSB, right? They are.
11: I will tell you that on that side of Millsboro uh, from the the only small sections from East Millsboro down to that Fossil Point Bridge uh, and then they've got a couple areas on the west side uh, but we, we are adjacent to the properties around us have all been annexed so it's, it's purely a board decision um, you know without that we, would, we wouldn't look to Millsboro I don't believe for an SRO uh, they would have to be annexed for us to be able to use them Anyone else?
9: So, are you looking for a motion? Yeah, for we this? would need a
11: motion before we can proceed.
9: So, I'll I'll make the motion that we proceed with the process to annex East Millsboro into the town.
0: Is there a second? Second. Okay, motion made and second. Any further discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed. No.
1: Mr. Barley.
7: Yes. Yes.
2: Mr. Mr. Fritz. No. Dr. Hattier. Yes. Mr. Hudson. Yes. Mr. Peden.
10: Yes. Dr. Statler. Yes. Mrs. Wright. Yes.
0: Seven. Yes. One. No. Zero. Extension. Okay. <clears throat> the motion passes by a majority vote. Major capital. Okay.
11: Yeah, Mr. Barley. Actually, 502 and 503, I'm going to combine and talk to, uh, to you about both of them uh, as we go through. Currently, we've, we've completed our projections. Uh, we went back and reworked all of our numbers, taking a look at uh, various models to see where we wanted to go and what changes you know, we wanted to make. Um, we're still predicting substantial growth. Uh, taking a look at, as Ms. Wright said, I know I sent something out to the board members, Recently, and a developer was going in for 275 homes between Millsboro and Long Neck. And as she said, there's a, another development, I believe, that's going out in the Long Neck area as well. So we're continuing to see growth all around us, and it's got to affect us, I think, and it's going to affect us in the in the very near future. So you know, taking a look at you know our enrollment number we're going to continue to grow. Uh, we're at about pretty close to 10. About ten seven today, maybe a couple a couple students under that. Uh, but I would anticipate usually late August and the first couple of weeks of September are big months. That's when we have a lot of kids committed register, um, and I think you'll probably we're probably going to be very close to the eleven thousand mark. I believe this year, September thirty, between 10-9 So we've I, I've got the portions uh, completed. I'm waiting on. Vernon Daniel to give me cost estimates. You know, again, and here's why I I want to say this to you, Um, just in taking a look at the cost that the state has now adjusted, they now have moved, talk about high schools, for example, was $422 a square foot. Now it's been moved to uh, $435.48 a square foot that will make a difference in our local request when we, if, if, if we have our CNs approved on the same grouping that we had last year. I did a calculation today. Uh, it would increase the local portion approximately 1.7 million. And uh, tax rate, uh, currently our tax rate is about, uh, one penny is $167,200. So that would be about a 10.8 cent increase over what the same group was last year. As we, uh, you know, look at that, you know, that that kind of took me back a little bit, and my, my concern is, had the referendum passed in March, these rates were adjusted in late April and June. We would have been faced like we were Mr. Barley back when we built the two high schools. We passed it at one rate, and about six mm-hmm. weeks later, they changed the rates. And we were unable to get that second rate because we had already passed a referendum. We did negotiate a rate somewhere in between, but we weren't able to get the full square footage cost. Now, one of the things that's a, a, a cost driver, the uh, right now the community is saturated with construction, whether it be at the public sector, private sector, fully saturated. So costs are being driven up. The, the tariffs that were placed on steel has caused two big price jumps in the price of steel since we started this process. And we saw a little bit of this linger over to our, our Howard Tiennis project uh, that I'll discuss in, in a little bit. So we're going to proceed forward uh, with the CN uh, based on what we had last year. Uh, hopefully when then I have the cost estimates within a week, week and a half, I can get them out to you you know, to take a look at and if there's if anything that we would need to do mr barley possibly may need to regroup at a special meeting sometime before the end of august just to make sure we have what we want to present for the cn again we'll present it by august 31st we'll hear back i checked the letters today uh usually around the 28th to the 31st of october maybe even the first of november Uh, we'll hear back whether or not we have um, you know state approval to move forward with the referendum so we're not saying this evening we're going to go to referendum we just have to get state approval before we do anything and if we look at the cost and there's any changes we need to make sure we take care of those prior to submitting that cn now uh, any,
0: anyone have any questions okay
11: so yeah i'll give an update i'm not sure if mr bunnings here yeah. um he may have he may have left but no, Eisenbach, in the back he's the okay he, he, he could probably hear this uh jay and i had a meeting uh, this week with uh, ken Fern. Uh, tonight they have designs I think on that back table uh, for the public to take a look at. We were going to bring to you this evening a um, proposal uh, to accept the design and move forward. However, we've reached a little bit of a glitch. I uh, sent the information out to you today if you had an opportunity to look at it and uh, I'm going to request that we, we do a little negotiating with DOE uh, in order to get the funds we need to complete the project fully. What has happened? in in regards to Howard T. Ennis, we were asked by the state to push it back a year. That wasn't an issue for us because we were dealing with the land transfer. So by pushing it back a year, we lost a year of escalation. So now the prices are higher than what they would have been had we stayed on track. So DOE had requested the push, so we're going to request that they provide us with the funding that would make up the difference so we can proceed. Um, once we get to some actual contracts tonight, I'll go through that and that'll have to be an exact session where it's con- contractual and see which way we would want to go. Um, you know, I've got a plan. Uh, we've talked there with Jay and I'd like to present that, but it is going to be contractual for us to do. So I- I'm going to have to defer to that until later.
0: Okay. <clears throat> Need a motion to uh, table 505 and 506 until after executive session? So moved. Second. Motion made and second Any discussion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? Good attitude unanimous. Committee reports? Athletic fields?
1: There was no uh, committee meeting. The only thing I will say is anybody that's interested go by Sussex Central High School. Uh, The mobile classrooms have been delivered and in the process of uh, being set up for use for this coming year. That's it.
11: Mr. Barley, I'd like to add something to that uh, if, it, if it's okay with uh, Mr. Fritz. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have a line item, um, Mr. Norman. What is what is our current line item on the cost of this group of trailers that we brought in?
12: The cost for the budget of fiscal 20 right now is $400,000, and you're talking about
11: the uh, That cost, on- folks, let me explain that cost to you, and I want to bring that out because there's going to be some reflections in this cost if we bring in future portables one, the cost of the newer two classrooms. There was a one-shot $16,000 uh, cost to move the two from Cape over, which I think Joe reported out at the last board meeting. And what we found is now we have to put the technology, and we've had Mr. Ruggiero working on the technology component. John, I'm not sure if you have that figure in front of you or not. I know it was it was over, I think, around 100000 but I will say the furniture budget came in, and the furniture budget for the classrooms at Selbyville that we built interior, the portable we put in North Georgetown, and the portables that we're putting in Sussex Central, was a very high dollar item.
12: Furniture was over a hundred thousand um, dollars, with all the different stairwells and things of that nature. It's twenty-five k. I think, um, Charlie, twenty-five roughly for, for, uh, for some of the elect. Okay.
11: And I say that, folks, because in uh, particular the public, I think you need to know that number's for five. five. Five rentals and two freebies. That number's going to be relatively the same for everyone we bring in, for every group of five. And we're going to be looking at probably at least five groups of five for the 2024 school year. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you that the monies for those portables come out of operating funds. Mm-hmm. And You know, we were looking and estimating probably, you know, by the time we reach that point, $700,000 a year. I'm going to estimate that number is going to be a little bit higher than $700,000. So we're going to be paying an awful lot of operating funding in rentals, which is is really not a wise way to go. Mm -hmm.
1: You can bring in all the trailers you want. It doesn't make the cafeteria or the gymnasium any bigger as well. Correct.
9: Has anybody checked on the quality of the um, the free ones that we received? The free
11: ones aren't god awful. Um, Joe had looked at them; they're usable, okay, usable. And they just actually vacated those those trailers in June, so they were used in June. Okay, thank you.
13: But I encourage board members like Mr. Fritz to go out there and look at them. It's usable and it's free, but it looks both of those.
0: Anything else? <clears throat> okay. uh, Comprehensive school safety. Do you have anything, Mr.
13: Lee? Yeah. Uh, we did not have a meeting, but I uh, apologize for my tardiness tonight. We were meeting, we're discussing some uh, other procedures to make uh, the school safer, dating back to when we started the constable program. We didn't get a lot of help from the Attorney General's office when we asked for their opinion on an issue, and we moved forward, and we now have constables in the schools making it safer. Um, we tweaked some of our safety issues when it comes to bomb threats and sheltering in place and some other issues that we've modified, we are now looking at some issues and we're working with our local fire departments to be able to bridge another issue that we see as a concern. So once we're able to clear that up, we'll move forward with it and put that out. But uh, again, the safety committee is working hard in conjunction with our SROs and the staff here in the school to make it safer for our students in our district. Okay. any
0: questions? Finance will be covered when we do the financial reports later in the meeting. Curriculum, Mr. Hudson. No report Mary Bailey, Mr. Peden. No report. Special Education, Dr. Statler.
9: Dr. Brigham has some information that she would like to share about the focus schools this evening.
2: Good evening. I'm just here to give a quick update on year two of our focus school initiative that was in conjunction with Dr. Statler and the special education task force. Um, you can see on the slides, I um, uh, just sent some special st- shout-outs to Dr. Statler for her support, also Dr. Hattier for his support, and the conversations that we've had throughout the year to keep the project moving along, and then you can see the school administration, all the special ed coordinators, and my entire team as well. Um, so over, just a quick reminder of the project, it kind of was born in 2016-2017 um, as a unique project to really build our partnership and continue to make improvements. Um, It's been in collaboration with the Special Ed Task Force and the Department of Special Services, and a set of guidelines for participation has been rolled out to the schools. It's really to take a deep look at each building's um, special ed services to continue to make improvements across the district. Um, Data collection tools, um, school-wide surveys, intensive compliance monitoring of the files, case manager interviews, visits to the classrooms, uh, participation in IEP meetings, and also in the building level professional learning communities with the special ed department. Um, this year, I just I wanna give a wow for each of our schools. Um, Lord Baltimore, um, the compliance monitoring was at 100% with really outside of the box supports. So that was what really stood out at Lord Baltimore Elementary. I know the Georgetown Kindergarten Center is no more, but I wanna give them credit for their work with the Intensive Learning Center. They had five students in the um, Kindergarten Intensive Learning Center that they really moved and got back into the regular classroom. Um, Georgetown Middle School has the most improved goal writing supports across the, across the whole school. And Howard Tiena is the best data collection for goals and related service explanations for their very intense students and their needs. Um, Some trends that we're going to continue to strengthen across the district is um, having our staff and administration really understand the procedural safeguards for students and parents across the district. Um, Special education comes with a lot of rights and protections. Um, Working with classroom teachers to increase understanding of the differences between modifications and accommodations as it applies to IDEA. Um, Improving related services explanations for all of our students. And strengthening our system for ensuring that parents and families really understand all the parts of special ed. There's a lot of acronyms, a lot of information thrown at them. Um, and then you can see our final slide is just next steps. Um, is a creation, working with the building administration, of professional development for each of those schools, um, continued data collection, um, implementation of year two for those schools, and. Um, we're going to really start to dive into our next three schools, which are Sussex Central, Georgetown Elementary, and John and Clayton. Any questions? questions? Thank you for <laughs> your time. Okay. Thank you.
0: Uh, policy uh, Mr. Collins is unavailable.
11: Uh, yeah. Mr. See. Collins was unavail- uh, unavailable to be here this evening. Um, Mr. Owens had uh, started the meeting and then he joined um, Captain Layfield at a, uh, at a separate meeting. Tonight we have a couple policies we have to review. Uh, We reviewed the graduation policy. We'll be bringing that back to the board. We ask you to read over that. We'll bring that back to the board for first and second reading uh, in August at that meeting. Our IKA grading systems. We had a a pretty pretty lengthy discussion. Uh, We've decided on that policy to bring that back, probably sometime September October. Dr. Jerns would like the opportunity to review that policy with our district teachers uh, before proceeding. Uh, There was a review of of IGAJ, uh, the school choice policy we (laughs) talked about this evening uh, as well, and response to intervention, and these were were pretty much well reviews. Uh, Other than school choice, we did take a look at the definition of sibling, and we will be bringing that back in August as well. What we do need action on this evening, we have a second reading uh, for JG policy related to student discipline and cell phone usage. Uh, we had presented that as a first reading last month. Um, we have uh, listened tonight you know, to some more information on that, and I think we're prepared to bring it to the board for a motion to, um, asking for a motion to move forward with a second reading and approve this as policy.
7: Mark, I just have one question, one comment on that for the cell phones electronic. Are we going to make sure that our teachers adhere to the same policy and not allow students in their classroom when their work is complete and to save from being a distraction to others in there, allow them to use their phones?
11: We, we have, we have you know, made that pretty, pretty direct of what we want. We also understand that at the beginning, it's going to be a rollback, which is going to be difficult at the beginning. But we feel it can be done, and we've asked that this policy be adhered to. And we've looked at this policy for two years before bringing it here. And we've received information, you know, from the uh, both high schools, and you know, their, their, their policies. There were some good things from each each side. There were some concerns, and we thought that this was the best choice for us to utilize. So we would we would ask we'd need a motion to move forward with accepting this.
0: Need a motion.
9: I'd like to make a motion to move forward to accept the second reading.
0: Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Aye.
13: Opposed. Opposed.
3: Mr. Barley. Yes. Mr.
4: Castle.
1: Yes.
3: Mr. Fritz. No. Dr. Hattier.
13: Yes.
2: Mr. Hudson? Yes. Mr. Layfield Voting no. Mr. Peden?
7: Yes.
3: Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright?
7: Yes. Seven
0: yes, two no, zero abstention. The motion passes by a majority vote. Can I call them? Comment,
13: yeah, sure. I just like simply say I voted no because I felt like this directive was more from the IREC office rather than listen to the administrators within the school. Thank you.
0: IRA rep, no one here. Financial reports, Mr. Nauman, need a motion to pay the regular invoices for the month of June 2019. Special activities, so move. Second. Motion made and seconded, and discussion. All in favor of the motion, say aye.
8: Right.
0: Opposed? That is unanimous. Mr. Norman.
12: Good evening, on board docs, you have uh, the financial statements in front of you. Starting with uh, part one, we've received 101% of our total revenue. 97% uh, of our total expense have been spent at year end. Received 101 of our discretion, or 101% of our discretionary revenue. Spent 98% of our discretionary expense. Um, uh, Critical to that is a $12 million, roughly $12 million reserve at the end of 63019, which is a long way from where it was at uh, three years ago. So, congrats to you all. Um, Our TNS spent 99% of their budget. We received 102% of our tax revenue. Part two, interest uh, this year collected $514,000. And interest revenue, our ILC programs have spent 103% of their budgets. Um, The reason they're slightly over is driven by Carver, which was 300k over. At at June month end, we had 3.5 million in federal funds available to us. District donations, we had $120,000, and we are holding $818,000 in school donations and $314 in student funds available. Minor cap. Last month we spent 98 2000 um, in June, leaving a total un- unencumbered balance of 857 and that balance um, is net of the 715 that we have set up for SDSA um, roof replacement, which is going as planned. Major cap, no new uh, uh, payments were made in June, leaving a $2.2 million uh, balance for Ennis in our major cap.
0: Anyone have any questions? Okay, thank you very much. Communications, Mr. Steele.
11: Uh, we have two requests. Um, we have, uh, okay, we have a um, first request, use of Neck Elementary on August the 20th by our state representatives, uh, Senator John and Ruth Briggs King. Um, I would recommend use of that, and number two, use of John M. Clayton Elementary School softball and baseball fields beginning July 15th, 2019 to July 1st, 2020, Monday through Thursday, 5.30 to 8, Saturday 10 to 4, and Sunday has been changed from noon until 4, uh, excluding February 22nd by the Delaware Storm Fast Pitch Organization. I'd recommend both uh, that we approve both of these requests. So moved. Second.
0: Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, that is unanimous. No field trip requests? No. We come to the second public comment session. Uh, We have one that's uh, registered so far, Mr. Maloney.
14: How do I know that? You left over there, you show up here. Uh, a couple things on my And I did have a brief discussion with Mr. it, and that's with the recent 2.2 $2.2 million in grants. My concern is several quotes, that came papers copied right off your website, school website, okay, is a uh, problem with hiring 13 interventionalists to assist schools with high percentages of ELL and low income students. What did we do with these ELLs, low income students prior? Did we toss them off in a corner and wait for the state to give us 2.2? As Mr. Steele said to me, when the state grant runs out, what are we going to do with 13 interventionalists? Steele, what your quote was, let him go. Correct? It's correct. I'm right, going make sure I have that because it's you public know, record. But it, 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 it troubles me with some of the statements that are made in this. And it's, I did discuss with Mr. Steele walking down the hallway from the library. By the way, we need a sign up. That way I know where the library it's not marked in any of the hallways. But anyhow, Mr. Steele and I were walking down, and I, I, I did suggest, and I would, I, I've been, over these past couple years, been hitting him hard to get more community involvement, involve retirees, and involve uh, grandparents. But first, you have to get a list of these people because you do not communicate with them very well. If they're not having a student, they're not communicated with. If, the only way I do is because I regularly check your website to try to keep up to date with the comings and goings, okay? I do at times, butt heads, step on people's toes. It's gonna happen, we're not gonna agree. But I'm trying to do what's best for the students and talking with Mr. Steele, back to a four golf track here, but talking with Mr. Steele, is to involve more of them. Get a pool of volunteers. Get a pool. 30 seconds. The kids that are having problem reading, let the teacher teach them. Let your volunteer read a book or participate in some other classroom activity. It doesn't cost nothing. Plus, Mr. Steele, we do have to pay that two point two million back. Correct. That's correct. Okay, so here we go. We hired thirteen interventionists. Basically, borrowed two million dollars from the state. That's not about call back and then get rid of people. Doesn't
6: make sense. Just give us our one point nine billion. You. Thank okay. you, Mr. Barley. If I can. Um, we can revisit 4.01 school choice for the Southern Delaware School of Yards. Uh, that building is at 81.8%, and they had a total of 12 school choice applications. And uh, I think that was included in the vote to deny. So I just want you to ask the board to reconsider that. Um, again, uh, there are 81.8 and they are asking to uh, accept 12 of the school choice applications. I, I know there was a lot of discussion during the school yep. choice process. So I make I a motion to accept those
8: students Second. for Southern
0: Delaware School of the Arts. Mm. OK. Do you, you want to repeat the motion, please?
6: I want to make no, a motion. No, I, no, I okay. want him to repeat. Uh, what we need to do, uh, President Barley, is to review uh, the Southern Delaware School of the Arts, the 12 uh, school choice applications. Uh, they are currently at 81.8% uh, the principal's recommendation was to accept, along with the administration at IREC to accept those particular applications.
0: Okay, so we have a motion. It's uh, made and seconded. Any further discussion? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, that is unanimous. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else in the audience who wishes to make a public comment? Seeing now, we need a motion for executive session.
11: Mr. Bunning, could I see you for a second before you leave?
0: Need need a motion for executive session? So moved. Second. Second. All in favor of the
12: motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? That is unanimous. Now in executive session.